Welcome to Candela. I'm Christopher Hooten. I'm joined as ever by Alan Shallow. How are you doing, Al? Very well. Good Very stuff. Well. Good to be here. <laughs> We're in your yeah, house. In my flat. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be in your house. It's nice. It's nice. Everyone should feel that way. For a change. <laughs> so today we thought we'd talk about uh, fine art photography and the term mm-hmm. fine art photography a little bit. So I guess why don't we start off by defining it and what what, or what do you think of when you when you hear that term? I think of fusty, silly <laughs> people. No, no. It's <laughs> the staying in. Um, no, I think, I think a lot. Of it's it's somewhat unnecessary. To, it's like it's like a university. You have the option to study art or fine art, and you just think. <laughs> and, and, and I feel like the fine art students were always a bit like, "Oh, I know, I study fine art. I don't just study art." Mm. It's a little bit annoying. Uh, it's meant to be a bit cerebral, isn't it? More so than uh, other types of photography, which I think is insulting. Yeah, I I feel like you you see it in you know in this era sometimes categorized on people's websites. They'll have like you know subheading photography, then they have a subheading fine art photography, and they as they sometimes sort of differentiate their body of work that way, um, which I was always a little bit confused about. And I'm going between the two and like trying to sort of spot the difference. Um, but I I guess. As a definition, it's people use it to talk to refer to photography that's trying to make you feel something, or is more sort of like arty photography as opposed to photojournalism that's meant to be trying to tell yeah. you, give you some truth. Yeah, which, and I guess which what is a complete <laughs> fallacy as well. <laughs> God, you're firing on all cylinders today. I'm sorry, but it's so true. Like if 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 history has taught us anything about photographs, is that you can't entirely trust anything and it's, true. and it's hugely subjective and you can take pictures in loads of different ways so it's quite hard yeah. to be like this is the truth of a, of a situation it's in the same yeah. way as people's writing things or maybe that's not fair i don't know maybe i'm just in a funny mood today <laughs> well i i guess it made sense to begin with that i'm just surprised it stuck around because the, the whole idea of it like coming along around the time of, like steve and beyond and stuff right that they were you know, f- photography at its at its beginning was obviously just seen as like a tool by which you could, you know, capture bits of the world. And then people were trying to use this term to try and denote something that might be valid to go in the gallery. So I see, I see where it came from, but I'm surprised it sort of lasted because at this point it doesn't really seem to serve as much of a purpose. Um, mm. It's like, I mean, the most brutal way of describing it is you wouldn't have, uh, if you're a filmmaker, you wouldn't make movies and fine art movies, or if you're a writer, you wouldn't do writing and fine writing. <laughs> um, I know, it's, it's just a bit, I think it's a really unfortunate word, fine art. It, it, it's, it'd be nice if it was called uh, conceptual photography or maybe uh, artistic I just think, yeah. art photography. Or, uh, yeah, I just feel like even, you know, one of those words, art photography really probably would work better but I still just don't know if you even need a distinction between between two like I noticed it's you, all just photography really this it is, is and you've, this you've this like thing. yeah you've never tried to uh, you've not really used it have you or kind of no definitely not uh, definitely not fine art photography people said I'm a fine art photographer well, I don't even know but I, I didn't I, I didn't train as a photographer I just I taught myself so I, I see my work as just uh that's just me pictures. Hmm. That's it. That's the, that's the uh, the title. Yeah, and I I try and avoid street photographer as a as a as a title as well because not everything I do is street photography. So I, I prefer just saying photographer, yeah, which is true. I suppose street photography is a weird one as well, isn't it? Because like 
I, to me, I just think of it as anything out in the world, whereas people probably are more purist about it. Like, it has to be on the streets, like, literally, it involves roads no, and pavements. No, no, yeah, no, that, that's a really, that, yeah, that's something that people often uh, take the wrong way. Because you can do, you can shoot street photography without people as, as well. Mm. It's usually to do with the the after effects of, of a you know. So like for example, a I don't know, cliched shot of a glove left on a platform or yeah, a shoe, or maybe yeah. a shoe on the floor. Like you know, there's a there's, that's temp, it can be classed as street photography, I suppose. But again, it's just it's just it's just a bit. I, I think it's just a way to make to give people a little cue as, as to what you're uh, what you're about. I mean, I remember reading something about uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson, MVP, another mention That's for good. another mention for him. And he was, he wanted to label himself as a surrealist or a surrealist, as he said in his interview. And um, his people around him were like, even if that's what you do, don't, don't, label yourself as that because you'll just be put in a box of like you know oh just a weird artist <laughs> uh so they said label yourself as a photojournalist and he did and so he got jobs even though he had no real intention of shooting photo well he said photo photojournalism is boring and, yeah. he, and he doesn't like doing documentary he, he liked shooting in his own way that's interesting yeah um, so i don't think he would have but I don't think he particularly like. He didn't. It meant quite little to him the fact that he was happy to label himself as a thing that he didn't think was that interesting. Just so it got him some work, and then he just <laughs> carried on regardless, doing whatever he wanted, and let other people decide what it was. Yeah, I suppose there's not much uh, call for a, get us a surrealist in here now. Yeah. We need a surrealist. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Gandhi's funeral. Like you know, <laughs> we we need a surrealist on on the scene, which isn't. But you, you, it's a good thing to have had him mm. on the scene. But it's funny with um with photojournalism. I feel like it's quite a good uh, umbrella to operate under, actually, because you can kind of sneak in. It gets you. It gets you into very interesting places. It tends to. I, I, um, this is then, a bit then, harsh, but I think today, I think photojournalism used to be respectable. Like today, it's a. If you say you're a photojournalist, I think it's a calling card for saying that you are willing to accept zero pay. And and essentially just get exploited by by publications, which is what's happening at the moment. It's just ridiculous, like how poorly paid it is, and how photographs aren't really important, seemingly important anymore. They're they're more just like documentations of life rather than trying to be actually interesting photographs like they used to be in the papers. Yeah, well, I guess all I mean is that people managed to sneak one in under the other so like you know if you manage to get in doing kind of white house you know you're a white house photographer or whatever yeah. you get you get yourselves in some incredible rooms and then naturally you see people not just doing the standard like realist shot they will actually do some like get some like super interesting ones uh, yeah. they've managed to so they're, they're sort of playing around with doing a bit of art stuff like within <laughs> through the through under the guise of it being like newspaper uh, photography yeah yeah uh, I think uh, with the with the final thing as well it's like obviously at once it does feel a bit like you're sort of I don't know it does feel a bit a bit grandiose like putting some of your work in under that name but then also I think it you're sort of like denigrating your other work at the same time I see people do it and they've got like 
you know, like a handful in their fine art ones. And it's almost like they're saying, these are my good ones. And then here's all the rest. And it's like, no, there's a lot, a lot of your other photos are really great too. Don't like put well, them Well, there, there are different genres. So, you know, fine, people who see fine art, I guess if you Google fine art, what is fine art? It's It says, you know, photos that are conceptual or that aren't, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's such a weird genre. Isn't everything conceptual, though, man? Yes, man. Of course, it is. It is. <laughs> but you know, does that mean portraits are fine art? Can you can you fine art portraiture? I'm sure you can. But then, why is that not just portraiture? And also, what's the difference yeah. between a portrait and a fine art portrait? And who cares? And yeah, and if if the other the other side of it is, you know, people say they differentiate it as like it's as opposed to realist, which seeks to just capture it as it is. Like, actually, no one does that. Like, even anyone with a fleeting, like, the tiniest interest in photography or just stepping away in their camera frame, they're still trying to, like, <laughs> take the everyday and elevate it somewhat, even if they're just where they orientate the camera around, That if they're taking someone's photo, or even the fact that they're asking the person to smile, they're, like, they're not trying to capture them as they are. They're trying to take a nice photo. So it's like everyone's engaging in that. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's it's uh, it doesn't keep me awake at night. No, no. But I think I think it's it's interesting when when people start out photography. I think they, I did it as well when I first started out. I was like, what do I when I got my first business card made? I was like, what do I put on the business card? Do I put street photography and fine art photography, or do I put portraits and or just photographer? And I think it's uh, yeah. I've concluded after a long time that I'm just a photographer. That's mm. it. <laughs> and all the other stuff is uh, not very important to you know. I, I'd, I'd rather just put my portfolio. Well, maybe I'm, I'm, you know, I've got quite a niche. Uh, you know, in in that I shoot in one, you know, black and white, and it's all to do with people. But yeah, I kind of would be very happy for most of my different pictures to be put in one collection. And, you know, under my, you know, this is my photography kind of thing, rather than saying this is my... But I, I do like doing series, but I don't see them, any one of them as being more valid or artistic. Like, you know, the the series Metropolis, which is one that I was showing around, um, is, mu- is more conceptual than, say, my series on dogs. Yeah. But, uh, or on pigeons, the one I did on pigeons, but I feel like I've put equal effort and thought and planning into all of those. And it's just a, an idea, you know, coming up with an idea isn't like, you know, okay, I'm going to do a concept on, you know, on capitalism and then going out and shooting bins overflowing or something, you know, or, or something like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, that does that make you a fine artist? Also, the, you know, in the mo- in the moment, in the moment, it's definitely all the same, isn't it? Because in the moment, you are operating on an almost sort of like subconscious level, and you're not thinking, "Oh, I'm in this in this moment, I'm setting out to produce something conceptual well, that says something about poverty." You're just like you're snapping away, and you kind of or some of it happens after the fact, like that famous uh, the steerage photo. Yeah, the, the steerage. I so I get it. I totally get it, and. I appreciate that at the time it was it was a, a new type of photograph, and for anyone who hasn't seen the picture before, it's uh, a picture on a boat, and there's two platforms, and on the top platform is where the uh, wealthy people are travelling, and on the bottom it's their servants or or something like that, or, or poorer people, 
who are on the bottom floor, and he's taken a photograph that shows that that divide, and there's like a, a gangway that stretches out over the middle. Now, I I was at a, a lecture in London or some sort of photographic exhibition, and they talked about this photograph, the steerage. I'd never heard of it before this, <laughs> and they put it up, and they talked about it for forty five minutes. And broke it down into all this like crazy levels, you know, like the ropes on the gangway represent the sea and the tumultuous relationship between the class divide. And I just thought, you know, it's completely ridiculous. I, I, I think he went, oh look, you know, that's, that's an interesting scene. You know, maybe he thought that you know there are the poor people there, and, and then just took, just took a picture of them and went on his way. Yeah. So I imagine a lot of shots happen, like Nickett's famous shot of of the napalm girl in Vietnam. Um, you know, he that was probably one shot in a frantic day of madness of taking many mm. shots, and you know, afterwards it transpired that it was a very important shot. I don't know whether he saw it and thought this is the defining shot of like the century. Yeah. Uh, at the time, he just took it. It's funny you mentioned the thing about the, the the ropes, you know, sort of signifying the waves. Like that that whole that whole game is so strange to me. It always has been the whole idea of like, and this is across photography and film and TV and everything. Really, is like that whole thing of like this thing actually represents something is so weird to me. And I always remember um, uh, one of my favorite books is Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov, and uh, he in one of the editions he wrote like an afterword kind of partly responding to like the fury around it because obviously it's a super controversial book but he was also he picked out all these quotes from reviews and just absolutely told them a new one and there was one where he was like he quoted someone saying that like in the scene where uh lolita plays tennis with uh humber humber whoever it was another character mm. um it was like the the what nabokov's doing here is the tennis balls signify testicles and like, and he just Nabokov just wrote, "Nope, that's not what I was doing at all." They were fucking playing tennis. Yeah, <laughs> and I, that that kind of it's, that's a weird way to approach like critiquing or experiencing art. But I mean, I know in a few cases yeah, like, people pe- do that, but people just go so far into it, and it's just like, you know, you end up. What did my dad say when I said I was going to study music? He said, oh, you, you're just going to be staring up your own ass for three years. <laughs> that's what he said. Uh, and, and I feel like that's kind of what people do with 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 pictures sometimes. And as you said, with books. And I remember at school reading Shakespeare and I was just like, I, I couldn't read more than two sentences before the bloody teacher would, would go, Right, so, you know, the reason that he's done this yeah. is because it signifies this and it relates to this. And, you know, if you remember six pages back, there was a very similar sentence and it ties into this. And so these characters are interlinked. I just, one, it saps the fun out of it. Two, it's completely ridiculous. And in general, I think a lot of these things, I reckon Shakespeare just sat there and wrote it. Yeah. And was like, I've got a great idea for this. Uh, you know, I, I think there are, there are definitely producers and then analysts in the world, and I'm not saying that people don't put thought into their work. You know, because I put I put thought into some of my, you know <laughs> into the pictures and stuff, and I get that. But it's not really saying. You know, I think people should over over stretch stuff a lot. Yeah, and often. The thing that I'm seeing a lot more these days with with photography is that you're getting extended captions that kind of try and eke out something in a picture that maybe really, really wouldn't be visible unless you were told what's going on. 
which seems to be a shame. A picture's supposed to be able to speak for itself, I think. Yeah. A little and it, bit. And you want to, it wants to have a soft meaning, that's sort of malleable, not like a hard, this this photo is about this kind of thing. Mm. Um, uh, this quote I love um, from uh, David Foster Wallace, the novelist, where he's like, um, he calls like critical analysis or like basically everything you're indulging with at college when you're like, you know, whether you're doing film or whatever it is, um, he's saying it's like equivalent of taking like a rose peeling off all the petals, feeding them through a machine to analyze why it smells so sweet. And mm. it's like, that's I, I, it's, I was weird. And I feel sort of slightly hypocritical because obviously a, a bit, a fair portion of my career has been writing about and talking about art and things, but I'm always aware of conscious of that, that obviously you, you want to go into detail and talk about things, but there is a, there's a, there's a peril in over explaining something. Um, yeah. Especially when there's nothing to explain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then you really got that's, in trouble. That, that, that's the thing that really pisses me off, you know, when you see something and you think, that's it. You know, I don't know why there's, you know, why why have they going on more and more and more? And, and for, to, to some degree, like, and that photo of the steerage was, was, is considered what I read on Wikipedia, that it's <laughs> considered to be the most important photo ever by historians. Because it, you know, kicked off the like the fine art genre and, and all this, and well, I, I mean, fair enough. But I don't know. It, it looked to me, as a photographer myself, I, it, it just smacks of just took a picture, <laughs> saw yeah. something interesting with a bit of geometry in it and alignment, and took a picture. It's weird when people say like there are. I'm probably things- gonna get shot down for saying that, <laughs> but I. I I don't know, like, I, I think a lot of pictures, even some of mine, I'll put, you know, that mm. people have said, you know, all oh, this, this looks like this, looks like this. I mean, maybe it does, but at the time it was just like, bam, just to shoot it. It's funny, those things on Wikipedia, isn't it, where it's just like, it's considered one of the, if maybe I'm even more aware of that than ever in the post-truth world, but it's like, <laughs> someone just said that one time and then now that's become a thing. Like someone wrote that on Wikipedia, a moderator approved it. And now it's in there in the annals of history as... <laughs> as facts, yeah. yeah. And, and will forever, yeah, be that way. It's, it, is, it is interesting. Um, like, like you say, it doesn't keep me awake at night. It's not, it's not a big deal, but I just... I think whereas you know we 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 joke about how in in Kendall episodes we end up being like it's a little Macallum A it's a little Macallum B but actually I just think just if I was me I just would I'll just throw out the term fine photography and stuff photography I just don't think you need it. Yeah, well, I think someone needs it. Maybe um, maybe it sells more prints. Maybe if you say you're a fine art photographer, and it's interesting to see how people maybe over you know they have some expertise in some area like whether it's writing or or you know or this or that or that and you should just kind of stick within that realm of that's all you that's what they know and you know it's just it's a bit frustrating seeing people like it's uni level trying to talk about social change and stuff through their work where they know nothing about social about the things they're talking about mm. so why are they in a position to uh you know, maybe it'd be a better idea to have someone who studied history to teach them how to paint or something and see if they can produce something after having studied something seriously for ages. Otherwise, what is it? It's just like a representation of misinformation, perhaps, mm. that doesn't really mean anything anyway. And I think it's important to, for, you know, for someone to be really well-versed in the subject that they're trying to talk about if they're trying to make a statement. 
Otherwise, you know. I'm so yeah. I'm so conscious of, of that now. Like Otherwise, think, yeah, and, and the, it's, it's the, more and more relevant with with other issues in the world today, with everyone piping in and feeling like they they're an expert in you know in in so many aspects, and and it's it's just it's just a bit sad. The most re- like refreshing opinion is I don't know. I love it. I love to hear that. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I heard that more. Like what. Like, what do you make about this? This or so crisis or this and that? I, just, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I don't feel qualified in that area to have yeah, an it's, opinion. It's, it's or... when people go, "What do you think of Harry and Meghan?" So, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know them. I don't yeah. know. And people are like, oh, "I don't like her. I don't like her. <laughs> I just, I just don't like her." <laughs> it's yeah. just. It's, and what's the point? What's the use in it? It's completely rubbish. And. I don't know the person, you know, clearly she's done something wrong and she's not that popular at the moment or has been perceived to have done something wrong with this whole raw family stuff. But at the end of the day, doesn't affect my life much. I'm not going to get wound up about something that's, I don't know. Yeah, there's a real, there's a real like mis- misalignment with, with that stuff. Is that You really, like, you need to <laughs> know someone really well or know a topic really well to even be able to like contribute much useful. And yeah, I, I, I try where possible to just take to just take take myself out of it if I don't if I don't feel like it. Yeah, exactly. Or 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 try and find someone who does know something about it to tell, to inform you if you're interested in it. Mm. It's something like when working on a photo series. I feel like you know if you travel to Mumbai for two weeks and take some snaps. Uh, you know, you can't say that that's a series of Mumbai at all. You know, you don't understand it at all if you've never been there before. You, you know, using that place as an example. So you know, you can never, you can't. What, guess, what, 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 what? You know, it's, it's essentially just some hot, some snaps, un- un- unless you're doing it in a specific style, then you could say it's fine art because I'm doing a concept on this or this or this or this. Maybe it's contributing to a larger series. That's fine, but. Some snaps or like that. That could be that would be the humble attitude. With a lot of what I do is, you know, you learn some technique and you get some proficiency in that in that area, and then and then it is down to a bit of instinct and some snapping. And and by the way, I, I totally am happy to concede that this isn't the only opinion in the world about anything. Yeah. It's just what it's just what we think. We I think we've got a little bit of a we an understanding about this, and it's just a bit, just a bit unnecessary, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. What, just talk, talking funnily about what you were saying about, um, you know, the, the having of opinions these days. I guess that's something you probably encounter more having a having this, you know, a huge following online, where it's quite a difficult thing to tread, isn't it? Where it sort of sometimes feels like it's expected of you to have an opinion outside of your realm, and it's such a, such a thing now, isn't it? Like, like every. Almost the majority of actors, it seems like now, are like grandstanding about issues and things, and it's like, mm. and people love it when they do it. They love it, and they re- retweet it widely, and they. Like, right. It's like why? Why do I? I don't need this person to to be contributing in this department. It's, they they will be yeah. the first to say they're not like experts in <laughs> from their like from their mansion. It seems odd that. Yeah, well, there there there, there are. Yeah, it is a bit. It's a bit strange, and and I feel like. You know, people have followed me online for for pictures in black and white, and yeah, uh, and that's what I will deliver. I'm not suddenly gonna turn around and you know there, there are obviously things I care about and are passionate about outside of photography and issues that I I think about and and but I, I just don't see it as my 
like I said before, I'm not a, a real expert in, in that field. Yeah. So I don't feel just because I've been fortunate enough to to have built up a following that that I should then use that to you know, for other means other than just the reason why it's been built up. And then, the, and of course, there's the alternate, uh, you know, message that, or, but, you know, people could say, oh, but you've, you know, if you've got access to that many people, then you're, you know, you should use it to do something right or do something different that isn't just purely self promotional. But I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily a rule either. And no. I certainly wouldn't look at someone and think, you know, what a piece of shit. You didn't talk about this issue or that issue or this. Otherwise, you'd be there all day just talking about issues. Yeah, and uh, it's also it's not it's not a given that whatever you say will be useful. What you say might actually be cause issues, or it might be is misinformed. And you actually the the sensible thing you were doing and was was is like <laughs> not well, waiting into that. I, I I won't mention her name, but I was told by someone uh, who I've done a bit of work with. Uh, she said to me one day, she went, "Why are you ever going to get into photojournalism and do something like some actual meaningful pictures? Or are you just going to keep taking these arty snaps, and, you know, and, ju- and just like, you know, and I said, you know, for someone in a marketing job, that's, you know, for a, for a luxury brand, that's, that's funny. You know, you saying that I need to go out and do something yeah, different. Jesus. It's like, why don't you stop doing your job and go work for, you know, Greenpeace? And that's what I said. Yeah. And it didn't go down very well. And I was perceived as the one who's being arrogant. And I just thought that's entirely not true. It was just so rude. And it was like, again, Cartier-Bresson said, I think we mentioned it in a previous episode possibly, but he he said uh, he was obviously out there photographing lots of current events of the day. And that was very important. And he said, uh, while I'm out there shooting, you know, like the collapse of mankind, uh, Ansel Adams is out there in the forest taking pictures of rocks and twigs. He said that publicly. Wow. Uh, which is a really unfair yeah. uh, thing to say and, you know, completely outrageous thing to say because I, I don't know if people know this, but uh, Ansel Adams' work in Yosemite National Park shooting uh, the nature, you know, scenes there actually uh, was a huge contributing factor to that area mm-hmm. being protected and not being you know, turned into a tourist attract, you know, like a big mm-hmm. development. And possibly that achievement on its own is greater than anything that Bresson did in his career as a total, you know, like it's so, you know, shooting t- sticks and rocks can be just as important as doing other things. So I think the point is, you know, just let people do what they want to do. And I'm glad, I feel like Antoine was sort of having this like second wind at the moment, which is really nice. And sort of the way that like, you know, there was that whole school of people that were doing a lot of, photography of, of plants and flowers and landscapes and then you know people were excited to take it away from that and, and shoot on the streets and now i think there's almost a people obviously we're fucking up the world at such a ridiculous rate and there's there's sort of a people are really taking i think finding joy in those images of like yosemite because it's like ah there's something there's something to like to try and get closer to in life there which is which is a yeah thing. And again, that's like an interpretive thing. And I don't think that he's forcing that down no, people's throats. No, not at all. Uh, which, which is great because, you know, I think he's he could be seen as like one of the ultimate fine art photographers or landscape photographer, whatever you want to call him. But I think he just was really passionate about shooting those things and shot that. And that was, that was what he wanted to do. I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure he, 
Well, having watched his his documentary talking about why he, he he said that he fell in love with it way before he was a photographer. He went there on a family holiday when he was young and and just or or he lived around there and they they were going there and um he just loved that area way before he uh he even thought about it for you know taking pictures of it and i think these pictures are just trying to capture that love of that place and that fascination he had with it almost like what ray collins was saying on the previous episode mm. about the sea how he was always had some sort of affinity with it and uh, then just got in there and started photographing it it's um, kind of like the photographer's equivalent of um, like write what you know. You know, often the, the the filmmakers' films that are best tend to be the ones where it's sort of like they've drawn on you know their teenage years in this in this certain place. Mm. Um, yeah, you, it, def- it definitely comes across when it's hard because obviously you wanna you wanna take it out and write about situations and places you don't know. Even though it's becoming weirdly difficult now because some people think you don't have a right to talk about I don't know other places, but. Um, but yeah, it does. It, it, it does. It does come across though when, like the when you can tell that someone's got a real like deep knowledge and like emotion for the the mm. place that they're shooting or or they're writing about. Yeah, you can definitely tell when someone's passionate about a subject, and you know, for whatever reason, I, I'm fascinated by light and contrast and shapes and making sense of them and uh, trying to find them. And, and you know, I don't know why. I just I, feel, I find it really satisfying and really fun, and that's what keeps me going more than the burning desire to make an impactful statement. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess you like. I just think I've never really thought about this, but I guess you you do like things that are, you're interested in mechanical things and things that are to do with like process, process, and, and, and precision. Yeah, so yeah. the sort of the geometry yeah, in the ish to it kind of makes, makes yes, sense. Yes, it does. I think I think uh, I definitely produce pictures that are somewhat reflective of uh, of how I see, you know like things to be, mm. <laughs> which might yeah. sound like a whole pile of artistic crap, but but, but I yeah, I, I'm not doing like crazy chaotic images that are you know I like to get the shot in a particular way and I know what I want and that is a kind of telling of what I'm like I suppose in in other aspects it was the same when I was in music I was you know I was never like sloppy with takes I'd always want to get it right even if it was like a loose something that's meant to sound grungy and there's Mm. a certain way of getting that right as well and it's all about just to taking it all really seriously and, and having the process. That's one of the fun things about music, isn't it? Getting it wrong in the right way. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, having some sort of... Yeah, that, that word feel is such a, a weird one in, in music because yeah. adding feel to something is... Yeah, it's a difficult thing and is a whole... Could do a whole other whole ep- whole podcast on, on that. Feel. Oh, feel. And, and the pocket is what drummers mm. call the pocket, yeah, the pocket. Like, uh, and there are so many different different grooves, and yeah, it's it's interesting. But yeah, yeah. well, thanks for listening today, folks. Uh, and, and and as always, we we passed a hundred thousand listens, didn't we? Uh, yes, we have. Week, so nice. thank so, you yeah, very much, everybody, on the show. Um, and yeah, we got some. I reckon nine hundred and ninety. Well, sorry, ninety nine thousand of those are my mother, <laughs> just on repeat, just Damn. going yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, we got a few different sort of guests, I think, coming up at some point. In addition to photographers and cinematographers as well, we're definitely, that's the core, but um, we're going to try and take in some new directions as well, so have fun. Yeah. All right, take it easy. Until the next one. Thank you.